Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Um, I'm really excited about sharing um, today's podcast. We've got Amir Abushakra um, or Amar uh, Abushakra uh, back on the podcast with us. So he set a goal last year that scared him. You can go back and review his podcast from last year. And as a first time, sorry, as a full-time university student at the University of Toronto, he set a goal to do a half a million dollars worth of business, okay? And um, our previous record was $310,000 set by a Queen's University student, Marnus Kutsi, and he basically set a goal to do $190,000 more than that. It, It was really, really unbelievably awesome goal challenging goal, frightening goal. And um, he set up a game and it's a six step game and you're going to love the game. You're going to be really fascinated by this podcast and uh, I know you're going to love it. Okay. And, and, and Amir is just an unbelievable example of the, the young, talented, hardworking, um, leader who is really up to something in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, he achieved his $500,000 and he's got something to share, uh, for all of us today. And, uh, if you know any young, amazing leaders who really want to stretch themselves and step into their full leadership, please reach out to me. Please send them to the leaders of tomorrow podcast. Please have them apply at studentworks.com slash apply. Or send me an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. Have a super awesome day and please enjoy our podcast. Thanks so much. So, Amir, um, thank you so much for joining the uh, Leaders of Tomorrow for a second time and, and really excited about, about digging into last year. You know, I, 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 uh, we had the opportunity to work together, which was, which was amazing and is amazing. And so you set just this enormous, scary goal. And it so resonated yeah. with me because I've got this enormous, scary goal of creating a thousand billionaires and it frightens me and it scares me. And I know you set this huge, huge goal and you just went out and achieved it. Like, holy jumping. Congratulations. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was uh, the, the entire uh, process. It was it was actually very interesting because for me to actually achieve this goal and not stress about it, I had to not look at it. Mm-hmm. And instead of looking at the back end, I started looking at the front end. Yeah. So you know, for example, if somebody has the goal of of buying a very nice car, yeah. Instead of thinking, oh, I need you know, let's say a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, that would oh you'd wake up you'd look at your bank account and it's like oh it's not there God, it's so not there. far there's Still no not way. there <laughs> whereas whereas what I what I started framing it as is okay every morning I'm gonna set aside you know fifteen dollars 
Mm-hmm. And at, and every night, instead of you know drinking outside, I'll just you know drink at home or something. And yeah, or instead of eating out, I'll cook at home. Yes. And then before you know it, you're at like forty thousand dollars, and it's like, where did this money come from? This is crazy. Yeah. So it was very similar with the five hundred k business goal, and I, I think uh, that's why I, I always like to uh, study big corporations and see how they operate. I mean, they have massive teams that kind of figure out the niche already. So mm-hmm. if you just copy them, then surely you're at least at ninety percent efficiency. Um, so what they do is that you know they have like quarterly goals that yeah. they have to satisfy for their shareholders. So they're not looking at the one billion or the hundred billion revenue goal at the end of yeah. the year. They're looking at okay, well, this quarter we know it's a slow quarter, so yeah. let's expect thirty here. And yeah. The next quarter is going to be our biggest one. Let's expect fifty, and yeah. then the next one's like twenty and ten, and whatever the math works out to. But that's that's how I I, I oh, decided to frame it out uh, so it doesn't overwhelm me. Because I, I remember I can go through my messages. There was a Snapchat group. Uh, that was a part of the bunch of StudentWorks operators. I remember it was like January 16th. I can try pull it up. And I remember just messaging the group chat. It's like, I am having massive anxiety. Like somebody yeah. call me right now. I don't know if this was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which and, is awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. And by the way, it is, it is, you are 100% right. One of our former senior leaders, he's, he's done the podcast with us. He was running a billion dollar piece of Home Depot's business, which is a hundred plus billion dollar business. And he said that it really did work a lot like that. He goes, Chris, I'm not running a billion dollars worth of businesses. I have all sorts of businesses that funnel up to create this billion. And so does, so does Home Depot. So it, so it is smaller and smaller pieces to really, again, um, construct it in its small steps. And I know one one we got a big chunk. Um, Amir, by the way, created a game, so we're gonna go and talk about that. But that's a little bit later in the possible. What like what small steps made all the difference for you to achieve five hundred k? So one of the things that I think are a bit underrated is just the way I saw my life in general. Right. Okay. So I remember I was just tired of the idea of me working a job when I'm 40 and 50, just like, I, I didn't like it. I want, I want to be a stay at home dad. That's like one of my ultimate goals. I just don't want, uh, you know, while I'm raising my kids or whatever, I want to be there with them as much as possible. Right. And I just understood that. Okay. Well to do that, I have this shot there. Here's this, I'm a very privileged guy to be in this country, to have this opportunity. Here's right. this thing, you know, you, you approached me, uh, two years ago with this opportunity, you trusted me with your brand. And I saw, okay, well, I'm, I'm 19 years old. Uh, I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a wife or anything like that. Um, this would be the most optimal time. If, you, if I look at my whole life, if I put my whole life on a chart where how much free time I have, I'm like at the best of it where you know, my brain's fully developed. I'm smart enough. I have the communication skills and I have the most time. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What am I going to do with this? Yeah. And now I have this opportunity. So the way I shaped it was, I'm like, okay, you know what? I kind of wanted to see if all the books actually meant what they were talking about. Right. Uh, all the podcasts that I listened to, all yeah. the motivational speakers, that, like Les Brown specifically, he would always you know, bounce off my head and say, you got to go chase that dream and, right. and all that. So I said, fine. You know what, guys? I'll do it. I'm going right. to give this a shot. 
But to do this right, I just committed to as much as possible, which basically meant what are the bare bones essentials of my life? And I went all the way down Maslow's high creative needs and I just focused on like the bottom two, mm-hmm. which was when am I eating during the day? Where am I sleeping? Right. Um, what do I have to do? So I have to go to school. That's like a have to that I have to do. Yeah. And then that's pretty much it. Everything else was like a bonus. So it was okay. like, you know, I'm lucky enough to live with my parents and, yeah. and, and all that. So, and my business was within my neighborhood. So the commute time was, was pretty, was pretty good. Um, and if it wasn't, then I would just have to adjust the commute time. So it, it was a small variable. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, so I basically say, okay, well, school from 11, you know, from like 10 to four, yeah. and I have all this time. Yes. So, you know, then I said, okay, well, in the mornings from eight to 10, I'll do a lot of the school stuff from four to five, I'll do some homework. And then from five to nine, I'm going to build my business. Yeah. And if I wanted to hang out with friends, I'll make sure it's after nine 30. That was, right. those were the rules I set to myself. Like yeah. hey, if I want to do something fun, it has to be after nine 30. And the only, uh, the, the conditions have to be met for me to do that. So the conditions were school, homework, business. Yeah. So then when I wake up, it was like, I just knew what I had to do. There was no muck. There was no political party here and school club here. I had all of that and I just eliminated it. I had like Toastmasters here, thing here, landmark here. Get that out the way. I've got the tools that I wanted. Now it's time to sit down and take action. Actually do work. Like eat dirt, as they would say. Eat dirt. And, And I was willing to do it. And that framework, that's one of the small things that, I can't put an explanation mark. It was just it just made sense when the clock struck five thirty? It meant like I had my my knuckle had to hit a door. Yes, that's what that meant. Yeah. So everything before that, it doesn't matter. At five thirty, that's what's happening. Yeah. And then at eight thirty, that means I will shut with my left hand, reaches out, closes the car door, and it was yeah. time to call a lead at eight thirty. Yeah. And right. when nine o'clock came along, I knew a phone call was coming from one of my uh, business partners, managers, employees. Right. And, it, and it was like when I looked at the clock, I just knew what was happening. Right. And that gave me a sense of certainty and confidence in that small little inputs. And that was so, so, so important. Yeah. So, so I hope all our, our, our leaders are really tuning into this. Structure gives us freedom. Like, so Amir really has very, very clear structures you know, last season to achieve what he wanted. And, and again, when people are looking to achieve really great things, it takes structure, you know? So it's like, you know, here are the things that he made a commitment to. So, um, you know, and the, 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 the thing that really I find just so powerful is, is your commitment. So you started to canvas and made a commitment to canvas from Monday. Was it January? What day? So January 7th, I made a commitment that I would canvas three hours every evening, uh, Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday. And that lasted until the rafting trip, which is a major event at Student Works Management Program, which is the middle of July. Actually, I I misspoke because my Monday nights were dedicated um, for, uh, I had a commitment that was already set from beforehand. So it was actually just Tuesday to Friday. Okay. okay. It was four days. Okay. That was it. But it was so consistent that it, 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 it was exponential. Right. So, so Tuesday to Friday, it was four days. And, but in my rookie year, it was Monday to Friday. Right. Just an FYI. And, FYI. and, the, way, and the way I mi- mitigated that missing day, it wasn't actually missing. It was just relocated somewhere else. So my su- Saturday mornings now consisted of three hours of phone calls. 
Right. So those three hours actually never disappeared. Right. Just so, you know, for yeah, clarification. It, it, exactly. And then all of the rest of all day, Saturday, Sunday was estimates. Est estimates. Estimates. estimates Sitting estimates, down estimates. with a client, saying what's up, making yeah. a deal, getting yeah. to it, you know, following the structures in the book. Exactly. Not exactly. And, and, and so, so for our, for all of our leaders listening, you know, when you set up a structure, just how consistent are you to that? You know, what type of integrity do you want to have? And the higher level of integrity you have, the more your life will work. It's not right or wrong. It's just the more your life will work. Right. And that's, and that's what's, what's happened. And so, so Amir are, are you know, did $190,000 more business than any other operator had ever done. 310,000 to 500,000 because of just that much higher level of, I think a, a bigger game plan and then a higher level of integrity to sort of just make sure that this is what it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and I know one framework you were in um, this past weekend in our Toronto uh, uh, Toronto training, and and you were you were sharing your game. So mm. I just loved your game. Uh, mm. It really resonated with all of our all of our mm. operators. It re resonated with the senior management team. I would love for you to share your game with our listeners. Thank you. Um so thanks for acknowledging that was uh, the game and its rules uh, was yes. something very near and dear to me. And I, and I had to actually dig deep to pull that out. And so let me explain some, some pre-context so this makes sense. I think anybody who's listening, who's felt like they've, they've always been looking up towards um, success. Yes. Like, ah, oh, I've never achieved it, but I'm doing all these things and I can't seem to break through. It's just right. like, one job to the next. It's like tip up, you know, working at a restaurant or at, at a re anywhere else, like whatever it is. It, it always seemed like why, at least for me, it was like, why are all these people getting so successful? What about me? Why am I getting left behind? Like what is actually missing? Right. And then I would go back and I would consume more content on YouTube and Instagram about these, you know, very successful people saying what to do. And I basically said, okay fine. I was very pessimistic. I had a very strong, so I, I was born and raised in the country of Jordan where the only way to success was through connections and pulling strings and all right. that. It didn't really matter how hard you worked or anything. Right. So that was kind of ingrained into me subconsciously. And I said, all right, well, I got nothing here and I'm really angry at where I am right now. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to prove all these very wealthy people wrong, that they're right. just actually selling snake oil it's not yeah. how it works yeah so i had to come up with a game plan so it's well documented and that when i do approach these very famous people with this sort of you know quote unquote case study of yeah. how you know i wanted to say how in the past two years i've done everything you told me and it didn't work right so i was ready to prove everybody wrong but to do that i needed to have a set of rules to follow with any case study yeah there's some parameters you have to follow and what I've basically done was I've obsessively studied uh, four different people. It was Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Elon Musk, Shaquille O'Neal, and Jeff Bezos. And all these people, you can look them up individually. You'll have hours of content to uncover. But yeah. for example, most people don't know about, uh, just to share about Shaq. Shaq. He used to uh, own 155 um, Five Guys restaurants, 150 car washes, 40 24-hour fitnesses. So... And he was one of the first people to invest in Google. So he's amounted half a billion dollar empire. 
um, by himself. So what I basically said, okay, let me study these guys and let me see what things they have. So here were the six rules that these billionaires played. Right. And I was ready to play their game and prove them wrong. So the first rule was always keep your word, no matter what. So what I noticed was whenever these people set out, they would always set out with targets. And no matter what happened, they would keep their word. So mm -hmm. a, a great example of this is how Elon Musk sold his company. Uh, it was, I think it was X.com uh, to PayPal, and, which is now PayPal. And he made, I think, close to $200 million off of the deal. He then took all of the money and said that he's going to solve three different problems. One in solar, and one with like cars, and one regarding the space. But for this example, let's just focus on space and like cars. So he put all his money into Tesla and all his money into SpaceX. Yeah. SpaceX had three, I believe it was three <coughs> failed launches where like the rocket just completely obliterated and it failed. And there was one more left. He just scrounged enough money up for one more launch. And it, it, was, it was all set for that one launch. And if it failed, all of his investors will be out of their mind to put in any more money. Like that was right. it. Right. And he was, there was a 60 minutes. It's probably one of my favorite interviews to go back on. It's just this one clip. It's like 15 seconds where the reporter looks at Elon and, and said, you know, before that fourth uh, rocket launch, you know, was there a time where you thought like, okay, let's just pack it up. Like if there, three times it failed, like that's it. And the camera zooms in on Elon. He starts tearing up. And you can tell this is very deep. And that's why I, I wrote it down here as a, as a rule. Right. Because when, when it draws such emotion from such a, a, an exemplary individual, you know it's real. Right. And he said, he looked him dead in the eye. He's like, I will never give up. I'd rather die than give up. Right. It's because he gave his word to making yeah. this work. Yeah. And that was incredible to see. So he kept mm -hmm. his word no matter what. And what do you know? The fourth launch succeeded. Right. And he got a whole bunch of money in. And SpaceX was able to close multiple contracts with NASA. And that company is on its own there. It's doing amazing. Right. But then that leads beautifully to the second rule, which is if you truly want to achieve a lot of freedom and financial success, whether it's running a corporation or a business as an executive or as a manager anywhere, you need to trust your team beyond your comfort zone. So the entire infrastructure of a lot of these businesses are built on the people you hire. Absolutely. And you need, you must trust your team beyond your comfort zone. That's so crucial. And it's something that I was always banging up against. Right. So I, I really stress tested this in my summer to the point where uh, I didn't really actively seek to learn how to master my painting skills. Yeah. Whereas I just hired somebody really knew about painting and I trusted him to train my painters, to pick up the paint, to do the touch-ups with the clients. Um, and, and handle all that side of the business that has never been done before. Everything that I've done in, in my business this summer was sort of <coughs> actually stress testing these rules. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go canvassing through the snow, negative 35 degrees. So I'm going to keep my word there. I'm going to trust my team beyond my comfort zone to the point where like my dad would come up to me and say, hey, man, I've done this before. Like I've gotten ripped off. I had people telling me like this doesn't make sense. Right. Um, 
and I still did it anyways. I was actually the whole time I was hoping somebody was going to really screw up and betray me. Right. And, and, and it just, it didn't happen because everything was set up properly with integrity. I remember getting this phone call. I was crossing over the United States border. Uh, I believe it was August 6th. And I got this phone call. One of my painters uh, spilt five gallons of paint on the driveway of our worst client. Right. It was like the most impatient. Challenging and, client, yeah. And while they were cleaning it up, the paint spilt on the other neighbor who hated the first neighbor and was even more of a nefarious individual. Right. So I got two phone calls back to back of a, of a threat of a lawsuit and heavy like swearing. Like you can yeah. hear the spit just coming out of this guy's <laughs> mouth. It was incredible of the first client and then the second client called and it was even more outrageous. It was like he was giving birth. It was incredible <laughs> howling that was happening. And I'm in this car in the back seat. Uh, literally my phone went from 4g to roaming in the middle of these conversations as I'm going to the United States. And all I did was I called my managers and I said, Hey, we have this problem. I can't handle it. We talked about this. We have uh, plans for this. Let's right. just execute and let me know if there's any way I can help. Right. And then that was it. And, and I hung it. up the phone and they dealt with it. Amazing. Yeah. And, and powerful. And, and so, so one of the things about trust your team beyond their comfort zone. So there's, to me, there's that in and of itself is really powerful. Okay. And, and every leader, you know, needs to take that on, but there's another big piece that made it really possible so that it, cause you could trust your team beyond your comfort zone and actually be out of integrity. Totally. And how you could do that is, by actually not doing what you did to recruit great people. So, mm. so maybe you can talk about just kind of the steps that you did to go recruit great people so that, um, so that you actually had people who you could trust beyond your comfort zone. Yeah, so that's a great question. Thank you, Chris. And it came down to, it was having really fierce, honest, straight conversations from the get-go. Right. From the get-go, I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to be very straight with you. You're going to be doing a lot of work that it's not fun. You're going to be working ridiculous hours. Mm -hmm. You will not have some of your weekends, okay? Yeah. And you're going to be problem-solving a lot of headaches. And at the end of the summer, um, I will make more money than you. Right. And it's so important to set these sort of expectations because – Yes, so yes, they're obviously making a lot of money, like you know, multiples over any other student in their right. position over the summer. But it's these small things that are sometimes taboo to talk about that right. are important to just throw right there. Right. And by doing so, you also do another thing at the same time simultaneously is you're testing like how easily do they get shocked or, or moved from their foundational beliefs. Mm-hmm. So it would have easily been like that conversation be like, oh, wow, like this just doesn't, I was thinking this was totally going to be something else. Like, thanks. And then right. they walk away, which is what you want. You want people to walk away. Exactly. Because they're, you know, they just, you're, you're both saving each other's time and, and, yeah. and energy. So it was a lot of these conversations where they would say, oh, no, I still want to do this. Like, this is what I'm looking for. And then I would ask them why. Like, are you crazy? Like, why do you want this? Right. And then they had to explain to me why they wanted to spend eight hours a day, you know, holding a power washer, neck right. down, getting soaked in water in the cold, um, and not even being able to listen to music because the power right. washer is so loud. Why right. do you want to do that? Right. Why do you want to get yelled at 
by a client? Why do you have to be the one who manages a broken window and, and all that stuff? So it's just really a trusting them that they trust themselves. And to do that, you're going to have to throw at them worst case scenarios. My entire right. business was planned around worst case scenarios. Right. And my plan, you know, we're, we're hoping for the best, but planning for the worst. And when that worst comes, they're prepared for it. And so, oh, yeah. So, so, um, you know, I always love numbers. So, so how to, to get those, you know, great people in your business, how many interviews did you need to do, Amir? Mm. To, you know, so what the, was the ratio? The most important individual in my business was my business manager. Yeah, uh, his ben. name is ben, ben Cook. So, yeah. Ben, if you're listening, shout out, shout, out, shout out Ben. Shout out Ben. Of course. Uh-huh. And I had act, actually been actively seeking an individual since, uh, since November before the, the, so four months beforehand. Yes. And uh, Ben was actually a painter in my business who right. called in late. Um, he called in mid-May and said, hey, like, you guys have any jobs? And I had a rigorous interview with him. And I, again, trusted him and, and, his, and his sister to do a lot of the work. And I did a lot of interviews, looked for a lot of people. And then I started looking within my own organization for people who wanted to step their game up. Right. And I had a conversation with him. Actually, no. Um, I took my, my dad's advice and he said, don't approach your people yet. Wait until it's almost too late. So wait till January and then go approach them. And the reason he told me that is he wanted to see, will they approach me first? Oh, okay. And Ben did. Ben made okay. that phone call. And that's how I knew already that's a, that's a check mark. Like he's, he's being proactive and he sees this as an opportunity that fits within his game plan. Right. So once that was done, then it's like, okay, great. Now it's time to stress test him. But before Ben, like, again, I'm always planning for the worst. I was interviewing people on Indeed nonstop. I believe I sat down with close to 20 people right. and, have, and have made formal proposals uh, three times where it's like we, you know, we sat down in a room, had a serious conversation, laid them out the, the compensation plan, and three people said no. Okay. Um, Right. And it just, it shows, shows, uh, the rigorousness to, you know, it, it, it's life doesn't happen by accident. Mm. Right. So it's, 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 you know, you get great people because you put the time in, it doesn't just occur. You put the time in, you, you, you interview, you interview, you stress test them, mm-hmm. you know, you, you answer all, ask all these questions, you put big scenarios in front of them. So, so that's fantastic. So trusting your team beyond your comfort zone. So number three in Emir's game, what was the number three three rule? Uh, Number three is one that I actually enjoyed the most out of these rules. Um, One of the ones I enjoyed the most was trust the power of input. Yeah. So what is input? So it could look like in a business as, you know, uh, number of emails sent, numbers of direct messages sent on Instagram, um, number of comments left on a video. Um, numbers of doors knocked, numbers of leads called, numbers mm-hmm. of businesses approached, uh, numbers of politicians networked with, numbers right. of cards given out, um, numbers of interviews given, um, amount of money invested in an ad campaign. Right. Uh, these are all, this is all just hard data. It's just at the very, very, very top of any funnel. And I chose to trust the power of input. This was something that Michael Hawley had taught me. And uh, Michael Hawley is a 
played a huge role in, in student works as well and as well mm. in, in teaching me this very crucial concept and he always told me go for no mm. and he broke it down uh in this context so this is a context that we're going to keep within like a, a student painting industry and the student right. painting industry uh on average in an, in an average neighborhood you can knock on 30 doors within an hour and every 30 doors around 17 of those doors actually have people behind them right uh, who will open the door right and every 17 people that tell you no is one individual who will say yes. And what do I mean by a yes? It's like, yes, I'll give you my phone number. And then you need four phone numbers to set up an, uh, an appointment. And you need two appointments for one to actually confirm. Right. But that, we don't have to focus on that. Let's just focus on the 17 to one. So then I started rewiring my brain. Michael helped me rewire my brain to start looking for no's. Mm. So when I knock on a door and there's nobody home, I'd be like, oh, okay, nobody was home. That's fine. You know, that would never usually bother anybody. Right. But then when somebody would open the door, already the dopamine would start hitting my brain. It's like, yes, no matter what this interaction happens, I'm coming out as a winner because right. I'm either collecting a no or right. I'm collecting a phone number. Right. So then it was, I started getting really excited to getting no's. Right. And mm -hmm. it basically broke down to running a 500K business. I needed to have 11,000 people say no to me. Yes. And that was amazing. And that's yeah. the power of input. And I yeah. just had to know, well, if it was 11,000 no's that are needed, how many no's can I get in an hour? That's right. how many hours I have to spend marketing, right. canvassing, et cetera. And that's what I had to do. Yeah. And, and it just became so much fun. And it's not that stressful. Whenever I didn't hit my goal, I can be like, okay, great. I was assuming a higher booking rate than I should have. Yeah. I was assuming a higher turnover in appointments than I should have. Great. Let me go knock on more doors. <laughs> and, and there can be randomness, right? And, and so, so over time, because there's only two things that matter. It's mm. the input mm. and then my effectiveness, yes. right? And so I know we worked on getting your effectiveness better and better. And I know you worked on getting your effectiveness better and better. And in fact, your effectiveness was in the game in the long run better than you expected. For but sure. it was just relying on, I'm willing to do that at input to get the goal that I want. And, yes. and, and, and you just, you, there, there's so much less stress in your life when that's what it is, right? Like the, I, I want leaders to, to tune into that. It's like, okay, I can, like, I know I can hit that uh, efficiency. So I'm just going to do that input mm. and everything should roll out, right? Yeah. There really is some peace to that. And, 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 and I, and that's why I wanted that. that that's, that's one of the, the main things or one of the real, I love this rule. You know, you know, just just trusting the, the power of input. It, it's great, and I think it's uh, it is actually a power in mm -hmm. itself. Oh yes. Um, then what comes after that is it's very hard to do a lot of these things alone. Yes. So us as humans, we're born social creatures. It's just what it is. We've we've always grown up in tribes of you know 150 to 200, mm -hmm. and we need others for validation. No yeah. matter how much of a stoic you are or whatnot, you still need human interaction yeah and so it is extremely crucial to have somebody to hold you accountable and i mm -hmm. love that phrasing hold you accountable yeah it's like you're you're gonna slip and somebody's right there holds you you know grabs your shoulder got and has you stabilize yeah so what i did was um i still remember uh, and i talked about this um in, in my own podcast uh, which we'll go to in a second but 
I still remember the moment uh, and, and, and the time and the place that I called a person in my in the Studentworks uh, franchise who was number one in the leaderboards. His name was right. Austin Trudeau. And I gave him a phone call and I said, hey, man, I just noticed you're absolutely crushing it on the, on the sales end. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's, what advice do you have? And slowly right. we started building. He would call me for advice on production. I'll call him advice on recruiting. And slowly we built this relationship where we sat down and said, hey, let's get together every Sunday at 9.30 p.m. Let's get on a phone call for half an hour right. on the dot. And let's not talk about any muck or anything like that. Let's just talk about efficient topics. Right. And we would get on a phone call and, and we would ask, you know, the other person, did you hit your goals for the week? Right. And the other person would repeat back either yes or no. If the answer was yes, then it was like, great, how can we increase the goal? Mm. And if the answer was no, it's like, well, what happened? And it was once that section of the phone call was, was, was set and good, and it's like, okay, great, what's the goal for next week? Right. And, and then we would go into like a Q&A period where I would ask him something unique that happened in my business that I want his opinion on, and yeah. he, would, he would do the same. And before you knew it, I would have uh, clarity uh, when my, my head would hit the pillow on Sunday night, I had such clarity and excitement to tackle the Monday right. and what came next. Right. So it was just so great yeah. uh, to have that. And actually not great. It was so detrimental. It was so important to have that, that I cannot stress it enough. And I, till this day, every Sunday night, I get on the phone call with Austin and we talk mm-hmm. about what are we doing in our life and how can we hold each other accountable. Accountable. Yeah. And so, so accountability buddies is so important. And, and, I, and, and so, you know, beyond, you know, your coach or a direct report, it's, it's, it's that, it's that accountability, right? You know, one person to one person. And, and, and again, just to, to throw this in, just in case you don't know, Amir has a podcast called the weekly call. I highly recommend it. Uh, I've been listening um, and, and catching up to the old uh, old content. So mm. so um, uh, Amir, Austin, and John are on it, and uh, you know, fascinating conversation. Highly recommend uh, to put it on your on your sub- subscription. So Thank you r- rule rule number five. And I just want to tag onto that. Sure. Like the, the main the main goal of the existence of our podcast. If you listen in. It's so that you can go out and have a weekly call with somebody. Right. Like it's one of the few podcasts where it's like instead of us, instead of you listening to us once a week, we want you to also have your own phone call. Yes. So the idea, the ideal scenario is that you replace our weekly listen-ins to your own call. So you build your own business. Awesome. And and that's, that's what I love. And thank you, Chris, for, for the, for the shout out. I really do appreciate it. Now, number five, number five is, is, uh, it stemmed off from a from a quote that I heard that I that I wanted to test. It was it was said by a lot of people from the list that I mentioned, the Jeff Bezos, Elon, and all that. And it was, uh, you promote what you permit. Yeah, you promote what you permit. So then, another way to understand it is what I have it written down here formally is never compromise on your rules. Yeah, like never. So if yeah. somebody's, I remember uh, somebody was one minute late yeah. and I had this thought go through my head and I was like, oh, oh I don't want to be that guy. Like everybody's having such a good time and 
we're coming close to the end of the season and and this is like a senior person in my business who's done exceptional things and and then i stopped myself and it's like holy moly what is the significance the fact of the matter is he was late and he just had you know we just have to acknowledge that he was and then move on and that's it mm-hmm. us as human beings we have this default uh method of adding a lot of morality to a lack of integrity so that was a bit heavy. So let me, let me unpack it. Morality, simply put, is right and wrong. Right. Like the morals that exist in the world. Right. And for some reason, we say that it's wrong for somebody to be late. Right. Actually, like, that's not true. It's just not workable. Right. Like if we're looking at the context of workability, it's just not workable for somebody to be late. It's not actually Absolutely. wrong. It's just not workable. And that's what the integrity is. So I would... I, I approached him and I said, Hey man, you're one minute late. Like, look, you know, what, what do you have? Uh, you know, what's the reason, uh, what are you going to do differently to prevent it? And, uh, what are some impacts that, that, that could have, you know, c- come across from something like this. Right. Uh, another example was my best employee. He would paint houses at three to four times the speed of an average individual with twice the quality. Wow. He was incredible. And he, he wasn't that expensive either. So I got a great deal for that employee. Um, but two weeks in, all of a sudden, he started always showing up five to 10 minutes late. Right. So if we started at nine, he would show up at like nine ten, And then we said, okay, we'll just start. We'll tell the client we're starting at nine ten, And then he would show up at nine twenty. Wow. And then we said, okay, well, we're going to tell him that we're starting at nine, but then we'll tell the client that he was going to show up at 9.10, and he would show up at 9.20. And it was like, he was perfect just from afar of like 10 minutes late. That was it. Right. He was just, his inefficiency was 10 minutes late. And that's what it was to my amateur eyes. But then I took a step back and actually looked at it. Because him being late and me not doing anything was actually speaking wonders, paragraphs. It was dialogues full of, of, of content to my managers right. and my other employees. Yes. So it was this, like the third time he's done this. And I, and I remember back to the expectation document that I've built on my, my business on and the foundation. And again, rule number one, always keep your word. And right. I told my people, if you're late more than three times, you're gone. Right. You're gone. It's done. Right. And I, and I made the phone call and I fired him that day. And I remember my manager going up to me and it was like time to like pick up some equipment. And he just gave me a handshake. And he says, I can't wait to wrap up this day. Um, I'm sure we'll find somebody else. And it was just incredible uh, to see. I remember we were all walking differently that day because we knew this business wasn't just about the people involved. It's not just about the client. It's about something much bigger. It's about Mm -hmm. bettering all of our lives. Right. Even bettering the individual that I fired. Right. Because he gets a wake-up call like, wow, like these top uh, companies are willing to stand at nothing to achieve their goals and their visions. Right. And this leads me to number six. And you can do all five and just be a great middle-class individual. Mm-hmm. Like you can do all of this and still be middle-class and you can still work nine to five and, and not actually do a huge impact. But right. number six is the ability. Actually, it's a, it's a need. And you have to have the will to conquer and dominate. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Shaquille O'Neal, Mark Zuckerberg, 
Bill Gates. It goes on, Sarah Blakely, it goes on and on and on and on. The greatest men and women that have ever lived always had the will to conquer and dominate. Either it was countries, either it was uh, companies, industries, you name it. That's was what driven them. If you read the autobiographies, you'll find this was common with anything. And all of a sudden, when you have this will to conquer and dominate, there's a there's something else that, that that sparks around you, and it becomes that being around this individual who wants to conquer and dominate, it starts demanding greatness from the people around you. They start walking differently. They start looking in the mirror differently, associating to themselves differently, and all of a sudden it becomes a prestige. You become a part of a class of a group of people who are out there to dominate. And I've always said this, you know, one of my great, I had just had this need to drive out every single painting company in my postal code. I didn't like the idea that there was a, a van or a paint van in the area. It just mean, meant that they got to a client before I did. Right. And I didn't, and it's just something, I'm super competitive. And when it came to that, it was just, I remember one of my painters coming up to me, he's like, hey, I'm not sure like what happened to this company. Like I've never seen them. And I remember driving um, somewhere uh, a bit outside of my postal area to meet with a, with a client. And I remember seeing their van there. And I, and I realized they, in reaction to my business, they shifted their entire business operation a bit north. Mm-hmm. And, and and ever since that day, like you can tell, everybody just was willing to give their all because nobody was not giving their all, and we were, we were just progressing and, and dominating. And it's just a there's such primacy to something like this. Uh, us as humans, we we have this need to always progress. Like we put a man on the moon multiple times. Like why? There's there's no there's no money up there. There's nothing. Right. We have this will to just conquer everything around us, like us as humans. And if you can replicate, repl- replicate that in a marketplace, uh, you will be unstoppable. Um, but you can't do that if you don't have people to hold you accountable. You can't do that if you compromise on that, your rules. That, you can't that do that. all rolls that. Yeah, that yeah, all rolls yeah. up, right? Like, like it's, you know, in the, those first five are really, that's, that's what it's about. Right. And, 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 and the conquer and dominate is really about doing those five things. And, and, you know, so, so, so to me, that's, that's what I, I I would love our leaders to, to, to really look at, Um, you know, to me, that's what most resonates with, with, with my view of the world and, and, and just the power of how a, a, a young guy, 21 year old, is that right? 21, 22, 21, 21, 21, yeah. 21 in full-time school does a half million dollars for the business. Like, like, you know, just, just, just incredible, incredible. And, and, um, and just, you know, such a big game um, to, to go do that and, and, and enrolling all sorts of people in this, in this, uh, in this, uh, this quest. Um, and it has been a quest. And, uh, and what's, what's also, I want to acknowledge you as well, Amir, is, is that, is that, you know, 
you know, Amir's not just about himself, just so ever, and I think that's really clear, uh, just, just for, for, for this, how, 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 again, you know, uh, you know, you made a huge difference in the lives of your customers and the lives of your team, but also Amir is really wanting to make a difference with our operators. You know, he's really, he came out to speak at our training. Uh, he, he had one specific, uh, uh, podcast that was that was he and Austin really dug in ar around how a student works operator can really build a business and and so I highly recommend for anyone involved in student works but but to speak to Amir and speak to all our our leaders and listeners is is again it's it's just um, just trying to widen that impact and that's really I know that's what you're doing and again that's what you're doing on our pod is here this is what I'm this this is what I'm up to and just like we benefit because I know you and I are both listening to other podcasts mm. reading other books and so the, so we are so fortunate because they actually come from uh, ahead of us and they're telling us what we did right mm. like like one of the greatest things about life is there's been all these humans around. Let's see what they're doing, <laughs> you know, and let's just, let's just track them and look from them. Right. Mm. It's just so easy. Um, you know, in that regard, right. The, 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 the clues are there for us. Yes. And it, it it's, it, it's incredible and it works. And mm. I really wanted to use this as a case study. And mostly it was for my brothers at first, my biological brothers. And, and, and now it, it's just become like, Hey, like I look, I've actually put this to the test. Yes. This works. It is, mm -hmm. it is hard. It hurts. It's painful. Yeah. But now it's like, well, it's, it's January, you know, business is shut down. And all of a sudden, I can truly say my life has completely changed from a financial perspective. Yes. As a 21-year-old, I now have resources to truly start living a life that I want to author versus mm -hmm. being at the mercy of the marketplace and and job applications and right. all my friends now are stressing about how good their resume looks. Right. These are things I don't have to worry about because I've taken advantage fully of this opportunity that you offered me, Chris. So right. I truly, I want to actually use this opportunity to say thank you again um, for this. And you, you've been deploying all of this all the time. You keep your word as much uh, you know, as any person I know. You don't mm -hmm. compromise ever. Mm -hmm. um, you have weekly calls with your people. You trust the power of input. Yeah. But the one that fascinates me the most, and I remember point, pointing this to you before I made these rules, is how much you trust your brand right. to the point you trust it with like 19, 18-year-olds running around for the first time ever. <laughs> that's right. And, and it works. And, and that's why you're here. And That's, and, yeah. That's, so, that's so, so cool. I, I, never, I never really thought about it that way. But you're right. It's, yeah. like, it's like I just, you know, we, we literally go and say, okay, <laughs> this person's going to handle it. <laughs> so you do that, right? And then yeah. now with, you know, uh, market opportunities opened up, the will to conquer and dominate, I can mm -hmm. see it in your eyes. And now it's just mm -hmm. all about execution. And yeah. I can't wait to see what this organizing, organization is, will do and has been doing. So uh, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for everything. Well, well, well thank Well, thank Thank you very much. And, 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 and again, it's, it's, uh, so, so anything else you want to leave our, our leaders mm -hmm. with Amir today? Um, yeah, I'll leave you with the whole point of that game. Yeah. And the whole point of the game that I've made was to prove all these people wrong. So if you're listening to this and you're still skeptical, great. Here is my challenge. Yeah. And all these six rules you have to do for this next business of yours, this next job that you want. Yeah. And here's how you win the game. You win the game by doing all of these things and then not hitting your goal.
Right. That's how you win. So, for example, this summer, by me hitting my goal, I lost. Right. And in 2019, Elon Musk also lost because he right. made $346 million. <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg also lost because he cleared $27 billion. And believe it or not, Jeff Bezos uh, also lost even after uh, the divorce settlements and losing a lot of his net worth. He ended up increasing his net worth by billions and billions and billions. And he's now right. back to number one. And he think, I think he just surpassed $161 billion in net worth. Right. So that's how you do it. And if you end up winning this game by doing all these things, I want you to reach out to me. And I'm going to have a, a prize for you. And we can, we, can, we can celebrate and we can have our own discussion there. But that's what I want to leave um, the viewers with. is just whatever it is, whether it's a, a chip on your shoulder or anything like that, go out and try and prove it and build a system or a game for yourself that drives you. I was, I was driven by pessimism, which may yeah. not be the healthiest. Right. Um, but I said, hey, you know what? If that's what exists here, if that's what's really driving me, gets my mind going, gets my body going, then that's what I'm going to pursue. So find that fire, harness it like I have with my own game, make up your own game, yeah. follow it religiously, and, and go out to prove people wrong. And uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of good things can happen because you'll end up proving, and actually not proving, just discovering who you truly are. And that's the whole point Absolutely. of this. Let's, let's set yeah. big goals to truly find out what we're capable of. Because we, we deserve to live our best life. This is our one chance at it. And yeah. I think business and entrepreneurship is the best way to benchmark who you truly are as a person. Absolutely. Well, Amir, thank you very much for joining us today on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Just, Thanks just, for uh, having me, Chris. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, well, well done, sir. We'll be talking soon, as you know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Of course. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.